from the offices of Cocktail Collective, this is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. Like a good wine, the story of vermouth is one of place. The botanicals and wines used in its development often describe the terroir through the aspects of flavor. But vermouth is a liquid that also has the ability to recount tales of history, exploration, and the unforeseen. The narrative of the premium Dutch artisanal vermouth brand, Willems Vermouth, encapsulates more than just the fortified wine in its bottles. To recount the narrative of the brand, we speak with Paul Sellier of Sellier Spirits about botanicals, aging, and the unexpected. Thank you for joining us, Paul. Thanks for having me. Now, I believe the inspiration from the brand came through Amsterdam's Hortus Botanicus, which is one of the oldest medicinal gardens in the world. What about it inspired you? Well, to start with, it's a beautiful place located in the city center of Amsterdam. And I actually visited the Hortus Botanicus in Amsterdam as a little kid, so it always was on my mind. So when I had the idea to create a vermouth, I was like, hey, the Hortus in Amsterdam is for me like a starting point because it also has a beautiful part with different types of botanicals. So it's really an inspirational playground. And what did you find there that you didn't expect? Well, a lot. In a way, I was there running around like a little kid, like smelling everything, tasting everything. And then leaving the Hortus, I had a massive list with all these types of botanicals that I then afterwards ordered by different places. And then the second step was tasting all those botanicals to create a list to start with and actually to create the vermouth. So for me, it was really the starting point. With the Dutch word for wormwood in the name, how important to vermouth is that particular ingredient? Well, there's actually no vermouth without wormwood. So following the legislation, vermouth needs to have wormwood in it. And it also gives a particular bitter taste in the vermouth. Personally, I find gentian, which is also a bitter botanical, more interesting in terms of flavor. But generally speaking, it needs to be in vermouth. So does that mean that perhaps you've put less wormwood than other vermouths might have and more of the gentian in? Yeah, I did. For example, with my Dutch dry, we added some more gentian. But also it's finding that right combination of those two. It's about testing and finding that sweet spot. Now, what other botanicals have you included? So for the vermouth I started with, the original suite, which I launched in 2016, we use around 24 botanicals. One of my favorites are actually cherry stems and pine tops. Of these, we actually use some extra to really pop them out. But we also use thyme and other warm botanicals such as cloves and cinnamon. And also, for example, the, the leaf of the orange tree we use to create this specific taste. You mentioned the gardens in the middle of Amsterdam, yeah. but were there other brands or other flavor inspirations that you had? Well, obviously, starting to create a vermouth, you also do a lot of testing of, of what is on there on the market. Also, to create something unique, you want to create something unique. Generally speaking, I think in terms of style, my vermouth is between an Italian and a Spanish vermouth. Obviously, it's being the first Dutch vermouth, so... You're trying to make something that is unique to the market. For me, that it was also really important to create something unique. So having tasted all those types of vermouth, 
and also different types of wines, because obviously for people who don't know, a vermouth is an aromatized wine. So wine is also one of the most important parts in a vermouth. So we did a lot of tasting, <laughs> basically. Right. You just said that you were somewhere between a Spanish and an Italian. Yeah. For people who may not be overly familiar with either of those two, do you want to describe what that means? Yeah, I mean, looking at the market, Italian vermouth is obviously well known and it's quite traditional. And basically in Spain, there are so many brands. You can talk a lot about it, but generally speaking, I find most of the Italian vermouth are more on the bitter side and Spanish vermouth more on the sweeter side. Okay. You know, it's somewhere in between, I would say. Right. You also mentioned that you are the first Dutch vermouth. Being surrounded by countries that have such strong vermouth heritages, how can that be the case? Why are you the first? That's a good question. Obviously, looking at what is produced in the Netherlands, I think, you know, there's quite a revival going on with craft spirits. So you see a lot of new Geneva brands, for example. Geneva is quite big in the Netherlands. Gin is also, like other markets, quite a popular spirit. Rum on the rise. But I was like, hey, I can create another gin. But what is exciting about that? Let's do something mm. unique. And also, personally, I worked as a bartender in different types of cocktail bars. So I always had a feeling about vermouth, what I like, because it's basically the pepper and salt in the cocktail. And it's super versatile because you can drink it straight from the bottle. You can make it a nice aperitif, an easy mixer with it. But it's also an ideal basis for cocktails. So for me, I thought, hey, let's do something unique and create the first Dutch vermouth. And I mean, historically, obviously, now looking at the production of wine, more and more wine is produced in the Netherlands. But historically, wine is not so much in the Netherlands compared to other bigger wine markets. So I think from that perspective, I just thought, hey, let's do something unique. Now, I was going to ask, the Netherlands does have a burgeoning wine industry, and yet you've chosen a wine from Spain as your base. Why yeah. did you choose to do that? Well... <laughs> Basically, all the stubborn Dutch people want to keep their wines for themselves. Maybe in the future, I will do something with it. It's also something that I'm definitely open for. But also looking at creating a product, you also need to look at price. And the price of the wine in the Netherlands is also like much, much higher than other big wine markets, just because the yield is much lower in the Netherlands than other bigger wine countries, obviously. Yeah. And I suppose also because it's such a new industry. Exactly yeah. that. So I'm not saying... I'm not going to do it in the future, maybe something like a limited edition or something. But in creating a product, you always also need to look at price. That's an important part of the route to market, so to speak. Now, aside from price, you could have picked wine from anywhere in the world. Why did you settle on Spain? Well, basically what we did, we ordered around 15 to 20 different types of wines and we started testing. There was a wine from Greece, there was a wine from France, there was a wine from Italy, there was a wine from Spain. And... We did test the wines and see what was, for me, the best starting point to create the vermouth. One wine that really stood out for me personally, and that is a wine from Spain, from the Valencia area. And it's actually a wine that aged for two years on oak barrels. So that really was a really good base to create nice sweet vermouth. And with that wine, and I think there were two other wines that made it to the final, so to speak, we actually created the vermouth and compared it and did a lot of testing to see what was the best one to start with. But for me, it was clear that, that for me personally was the winner. With the botanicals that you've included, what were you looking for in the wine to bring those out? Curating a vermouth is finding that sweet spot. It always has 
a natural level of sugar, a natural level of acidity. And actually, it's not that easy to create a vermouth because you also work with vintages. So every year you need to look at, hey, what do we have to play with? And then finding mm. that sweet spot about adding the right amount of sugar, adding the right amount of botanicals, and then finding that sweet spot, what I, what I mentioned earlier. Now, you said you were trying to create a vermouth that was quite unique. Let's turn that on its side and say, what was lacking from the vermouths that you saw on the market that you think is present in yours? Well, basically, also, I was really about to create a vermouth that is accessible because having tasted a lot of vermouth with other people, for some people, vermouth is not that accessible because of the level of bitterness, for example. I wanted to create something that was more accessible to actually reach more people, but to still create something unique in terms of flavor. That is what I found that people really enjoyed because most of the people who are not into vermouth actually are quite positive about Willem's vermouth. So that is, for me, obviously a compliment. But also I wanted to have a product that is still also interesting enough for bartenders to create different types of cocktails with. So I was really betting on those two horses and that worked out quite well, I have to say. For example, if you compare the two flavors that I have, the sweet Mm. one and the Dutch dry, Dutch dry is a little bit more out there. So what I see now is that the original sweet is one that really people like, but the Dutch dry is more specific. And it also has to do with the sweetness, obviously. What do you mean it's more specific? More specific in terms of taste. So I would say it's a dry vermouth. So basically how you categorize vermouth is the level of sugar that's in there. And the dry vermouth has more bitterness than the sweet vermouth. And it's also much less sugary. I would say in general, dry vermouth is not for everyone. You know, if you compare sweet vermouth with dry vermouth, in general, people enjoy sweet vermouth more than a dry vermouth. Or let's put it that way, that sweet vermouth is just more popular than dry overall. Okay. There's probably been more cocktails that have been made with sweet vermouth than dry. That's true. For sure. Obviously, you have the martini cocktail, but not a lot of the vermouth goes in the martini cocktail. Generally speaking, more of the classics are with sweet vermouth. Let's say of the top 10 cocktails, for example, the Negroni. Manhattan, obviously, those drinks are made with sweet vermouth. Tell us a little bit about where the Wilhelm part of the name actually came from. Yeah, sure. It's obviously a well-known name in the Netherlands. And also, we have a rich history with explorers of people with the name Willem. Being the first Dutch vermouth, I really wanted to accentuate the Dutch part of the product. So for that reason, we call the product Willem's Vermouth. The second part of it is Vermouth which is an old Dutch name for wormwood. And wormwood, we've spoken about, it needs to be included in vermouth. So for me, that all came together in that way, in that sense. You spoke about a number of explorers being named Wilhelm. Do you see your vermouth as a bit of an exploration for people to taste? Or was just doing it an exploration for you? Well, I think both. For me, it was definitely like a journey to create the mood. I think I worked on it for almost two years, you know, finding the right wine, finding the right botanicals together with the Waters Botanic, which I partnered with. But actually, they were quite enthusiastic about the idea that I want to create a mood inspired by their botanical garden. So that was quite cool. What I also do is I do a lot of tasting with people and still some people have a certain idea about vermouth. And then they actually taste my vermouth and they were actually quite positive about it. And they're like, hey, I didn't expect this at all. So from that sense, it's also sort of an exploration for those people who taste my vermouth. Obviously, you know, you cannot please everyone. That's fine. 
but the positive feedback I get really gives energy for them personally. I think also sort of an exploration in the category they're not familiar with that much. Now, do you want to take us through how it's made? So how is the vermouth crafted? Sure. We actually make different tinctures of botanicals and we carefully blend those tinctures with the wine. So the wine for the sweet vermouth that comes from Spain, the wine for the Dutch dry vermouth comes from the Languedoc side of France. That wine is for me also why I spend so much energy in sourcing the right wine, because having a good wine is the starting point. The tinctures that we use are then being blended with the wine, and then we do a filtration of the vermouth, and then we actually bottle it. That is the process, which takes about a week to create. And then we obviously also have the wine from Spain has aged for two years on oak barrels. So that gives a lot of flavor. Yeah, obviously that also has quite a pronounced taste. So that is for the sweet vermouth very important. Now, I believe that you also age in barrels. No, actually we tried it with the original sweet, but it didn't really give a lot of extra to it. And also because the wine that we use from Spain already aged for two years on oak barrels, that gave enough flavor to just create the vermouth on itself. So we don't age. Oh, okay. Now, as you've mentioned, there are two variations, the sweet yeah. and the dry. Do you want to take us through each one and explain perhaps what people should expect from the flavors? Sure. To start with the original sweet, the wine is from Spain. It's a blend of two grapes, Iran and Salema grape. Basically, this vermouth can be enjoyed on itself very much so, or for example, with a little bit of soda water. It's perfect to enjoy as an aperitif as a spritz, but also for classic cocktails. So it's very versatile. And that's what I also personally like so much about the vermouth. The Dutch dry, that's a blend of the Unibar, Sauvignon and Colombar. As I mentioned, it's from the Languedoc region, France. That's much drier, but can also be enjoyed just on ice before dinner. Very easy, but can also be enjoyed as an aperitif with some tonic water as a spritz in a martini cocktail. And I think what people can expect from the taste, I think it's maybe interesting to mention the tasting notes of the International Wine and Spirits Competition I joined two years ago. We won silver, 90 out of 100 points. That's obviously a compliment that you win such a medal. So I think it's interesting mm. to just mention what they say about the taste. They say it's mid-gold color, morello, cherry, pink gooseberry, dried herbs, and quincy gem on the nose. And on the palate come cherry sourness, sweet minty, and raisinous herbs and peppery spice. Medium weight, good mixer material with a fruity, peppery finish. <laughs> so uh, that is, yeah, that's cool. That's obviously about the, the dry vermouth. My favorite botanicals yeah. in that one are sage, thyme, and gentian, but also it includes uh, rhubarb roots, mint, and juniper. We looked at, okay, what can we do differently, especially with the dry vermouth? Can we do crazy stuff? For me, it's really flavor first. So you look, traditionally, there are a lot of different types of botanicals that are used, but using juniper, for example, but also the pine tops and the cherry stems and the other in the sweet vermouth is something that I think no other vermouth brand did before. So that definitely gives an interesting flavor profile. How should people approach the vermouth? Should they make a cocktail that they are used to or should they drink it on its own initially? How should they first explore it? I always say always try it neat first. Or, for example, with a combination of a little bit of soda water to really open the vermouth. But always try it neat first. Also, maybe compare it with other brands, see how it stands out or not. When I do tastings in bars, I also do a lineup of different types of vermouth. 
to really compare it and to see, hey, what kind of drinks would you make with it? And definitely you can make the classic cocktails with it. You can drink it just on ice. For example, the, the sweet one is, is very nice on ice with a sprig of thyme and a slice of orange. Uh, again, that is what I find interesting about the fruit. You can enjoy it in so many ways. And it's about trying different types of drinks and see what you like best. If people are to experiment and try different drinks, what flavors do you think work particularly well, both with the sweet and the dry, that they should be incorporating in their experimentations? What I find interesting, what I see here in Amsterdam, that this olive cocktail bars, they create cool stuff with it. And that's always when I go to a bar, say, like, hey, what would you create with this vermouth? But one thing that I find interesting is also that there is a Michelin star restaurant that's called Rijks. And they actually make also with the dry vermouth, they make a vinaigrette. And then they have such a very nice dish with oysters, for example. So that really was for me, like also, I never thought about it, that creating or using my vermouth in that way. But actually the Michelin star chef created this dish and he called me over saying, hey, you really need to try this. For me, that was really also an eye opener that you can also do these cool stuff with vermouth. What do you think it was about the oysters that worked so well? Was it the saltiness or? Saltiness, for sure. Looking at the vermouth in general, it always has sweetness, some bitterness. Saltiness is not in there. So I think that brings it together. I thought it was quite genius, actually. Okay. What other ways have bartenders been using the vermouths that has interested you? I really personally like the reverse Manhattan. Also, a very simple cocktail that you can make by yourself. I think it's called a gin and it. And it's a classic cocktail where you do a 50-50 with gin and sweet vermouth and then possibly adding some bitters. That's really a happy marriage. I really love that 50-50 with gin and vermouth cocktail. That is, for me, one of my tipples that I drink at home. I really like it. But then also like the easy spritzers, very accessible. For example, there are many places in the Netherlands where people create a spritzer with Willems Wermut. And also, we did not talk about it. There's a bar in Amsterdam called the Vesper Bar. And together with them, we actually created a limited edition. So we only did 400 bottles. It's basically called the Forest. So we really wanted to champion the seasonality. So last year, we actually took the original sweet vermouth as a basis. And then we added ingredients such as uh, Lapsang Souchong tea, porcini mushrooms, and black cardamom. And yeah, it gives a sort of smokiness and savory flavor to the vermouth. So we, we created it with the classic Negroni and Manhattan in mind. And while it's almost sold out now, we didn't push it very much. So it's been sold at the festival bar and some other cocktail bars in Amsterdam. We sold some online. I think I have like four boxes left and then that's done. But it was quite outspoken flavor. But I mean, bartenders were really, yeah, super enthusiastic about it because it was definitely a vermouth they never tasted before. So it's also cool to see what you can do that is really out there in terms of flavor. This one worked out quite well. And being such a young brand is doing those sort of limited edition priority flavor expressions something that you're going to be doing in future? Yes, for sure. I really enjoy doing it. It also keeps your brand alive, I think, doing cool collaborations with different types of cocktail bars or maybe even chefs. So yeah, for sure. I'm always looking at those possibilities. Also, almost a year ago now, we also, together with a local Geneva brand, we made actually, I think it's a hundred liters on a barrel, if I'm not mistaken. So we will create a bottled cocktail also a limited edition. What I said, it keeps your brand alive and it's also very good from a marketing perspective to create things that people say, hey, this is really cool. I want to know more about mm. it. 
obviously this wouldn't be the case in Holland itself, but when you are trying to sell the brand to other countries through Europe or through the world, is it difficult to sell the concept of a Dutch vermouth? Some people are skeptical and definitely need some explanation. But I think in whole Europe, vermouth is created, not only in the Netherlands. And I think it is an interesting thing that new types of vermouth are being created because you have all these traditional brands. But for me, it's mm. flavor first. So I think creating new types of vermouth with new types of botanicals creates new different flavor profiles. Generally speaking, I think that's a good thing. And that is, for me, the door opener. So if you talk about people, distributors, etc., they are open for new things. I think that's a good thing. Not only in the Netherlands, vermouth is being created also in Belgium, in Germany, I think even in the Nordics nowadays. I think it's also good for the category in general. Now, you were talking earlier about spritz cocktails. Yeah. That is a style that is taking over a little bit at the moment. What would you say would be your favorite spritz recipe that uses your vermouth? Yeah, I think the one I like very much actually for the original sweet is actually using the vermouth equal measures, sweet vermouth, soda water, and a quality sparkling wine. That one works quite well. And a lot of bars here in the Netherlands, they like it also doing something different. That's my personal favorite, serving it with a sprig of thyme and a slice of orange. For the dry vermouth, I actually like it. One measure of dry vermouth and then two measures of tonic as a Dutch dry spritz, Willem's Dutch dry spritz. That one's also very easy to make. It also works quite well. That's what I get back from people who drink my vermouth at home. For them, it's a new way of enjoying the vermouth. But then they also mention, hey, this is now actually my go-to drink. So that's really cool. That's great. Whereabouts is the vermouth available? So obviously, Netherlands widespread, focusing on the bigger cities in the Netherlands, but also I sell it online via my website. I export to Germany and Canada, and hopefully more countries following soon, obviously. So if there are any distributors listening who are interested, please drop me a line. And I think also, because Willems Vermouth is for some people, can be difficult to name. I also claim the URL DutchVermouth.com. So I think that's quite easy for people to access my website. And yeah, it's there they can also obviously uh, see more information about the brand. And what are the plans for the future of the brand? So I will do a line extension. So two new products over the next 12 months, focusing on growth in the Netherlands, but also focusing on more export countries and the bottle cocktail, which I mentioned, which I will do. That will be the focus for future. And which countries are you thinking of trying to export to next? So the Nordics, but also Southern Europe, Europe in general, that will be the focus to start with. Also, I'm looking into the US. That's it for now. But obviously, I will look at it case per case. So if there's anything interesting, I will have a look at it and see where we can do business together. Excellent. All right. Well, if people want to know more about the brand or look at purchasing some bottles, they can obviously go to your website, which is willemsvermot.com, which is spelled W-I-L-L-E-M-S-W-E-R-M-O-E-D.com. And you mentioned also the other website, which is linked to it. Dutchvermouth.com. Dutchvermouth.com. Excellent. That's that's basically it. (laughs) All right, Paul. Look, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Cocktails Distilled. Be sure to visit cocktailcollective.com.au to access the show notes. 
And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.